0: Hi guys, my name is Tashoy And my name is Natasia. And welcome, welcome to, to His Word, word. We yes. are here to bring you His Word through testimony And His Word is here to Encourage Uplift Inspire Help believe and to trust so what is a testimony you may ask i'll let you know a testimony is a testament of what god is doing in your life it is powerful to share your testimony and it will help other people who are going through the exact same thing so guys please remember to hear his word speak his word and share his word his his word word is is God's god's word Hi guys, welcome back to another episode on Testimony Tuesdays, hashtag TT. My name is Natasha Brown, your main host today, and I'm here to basically share an incredible testimony which was recorded a couple of months ago, but honestly, this testimony, I pray to God that it changes your life and it really shows you the right pathway to go on. Now this episode is episode 11 and it's called Transformation, and you will soon understand why it's called Transformation um, as our guest dives into her story. But before we um, get into that, our anchor scripture for today is Galatians chapter 3 verse 28 and it says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. We live in a world where we have free choice. We live in a world where there's all kinds of things that are being introduced to us. And it's being introduced in a way where it seems like it's the normal way of doing things. Yeah. And sometimes as individuals, we can get caught up in this persona or in this whole thing where we feel like this is the right way forward or this is what I should be doing. But if you're not educated in these areas, it could cause you to you know, open doors that you're not supposed to open, you know, be involved with people that you're not supposed to be involved with, and it can literally put you on the wrong path, yeah? So this episode really did open my eyes about certain things that I wasn't educated in, you know, and I just really do believe and feel like it's so important for you to acknowledge that God is the way forward, and he's he's the way, the truth, and the light, and if you don't know that by now, I really do pray that this episode allows you to learn that and allows and it opens your heart you know if you're also playing this episode please have an open heart please have an open mind you know i learned so much from steph and you know i really do pray and hope that you also learn as well steph could you please let us know your incredible testimony and what god has done for you in your life
1: so hey i'm steph um originally from wolverhampton <laughs> Um, you know, I spent some time in Jamaica. Um I moved about to yeah, I moved to and Birmingham, so Birmingham is where I reside now. And um I I'm a filmmaker, uh content creator, and I'm a personal trainer also. Wow. Uh so yeah, I I guess this podcast is gonna be about my testimony, so um yeah. <laughs> <Are you> scared? um <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> I'm not scared, no, Um, you know, I I never get tired of sharing my testimony because, again, you know, this is just all for God's glory. But yeah, I am. So I've been heavily involved in the um, LGBT community for a while. From the age of, let's say, probably about 10, I was pretty much inquisitive from what I could remember. Mm -hmm. I was very inquisitive, actually. Um, But I was... Subtly inquisitive, so meaning that all these thoughts would reside in my mind, mm. um, and I wouldn't really speak them out loud. Because again, you know, growing up with Jamaican parents, you know, um, I, I came from a strict household. Of course, uh, my mom was the matriarch of the family. My my dad was a little bit more laid back, mm. um, but you know, <laughs> my mom's punishments came with a lot of beating. Mm-mm so to open up to her about my feelings was a complete yeah, myth of course. i didn't really come from a a strong christian background like you know my mom knew parts of the bible and, and things like that but you know there was a like, really a strong christian influence around me so yeah i kind of went on a really distinct journey because i was very rebellious As a kid, you know, I would always do things that was in opposition with other things, like, you know, the right thing, let's say. Um, Like I said, I was inquisitive. So when I I was living in Jamaica, like, you know, I started to feel these, you know, feelings of attraction to uh, women. And um, again, it was still very internal. So I wouldn't really speak about it because, you know, Jamaica is... Deemed as, you know, uh, one of the most homophobic countries in the world, which I don't believe anymore. You know, things have changed, kind of thing. Um, But back then, yeah, it was. So I also had a lot of male attention over there. Um, You know, I believe in Jamaica, like, people are very mature from a young age, you know, and also very forward. Um, You know, so in Jamaica is where I experienced my first, like, encounter with a um a male who basically take he tried to take advantage of me in the back of a church wow. um you know and i was pretty much scarred because he was stalking me for a while i was only 13 at the time um and he was like around 25 and obviously you know me being 13 i was quite vulnerable i'd probably say yes to anything you know just to be nice i was always a people pleaser yeah. you know um Even if I felt like something in my heart was not right, I was always a people pleaser. It's whatever they want, I would give, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I remember leaving that church after, you know, he had tried to do whatever he wanted to do. Uh, When I went home, I I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed, um, you know, and I didn't tell them. I didn't tell them because it's almost like I wanted to protect him even though I didn't really know him like that. <laughs> mm. I wanted them. I wanted to protect him and his identity. And I also didn't feel comfortable enough as well to share that experience because I felt like I would be the one to be blamed. You know, um, so yeah, I held that up for a very long time, up until this year, actually. And I also didn't recognise it as abuse. So it's not something that I've ever spoken about until, you know, um, I had to come face to face with my demons. Um, That's when I recognised that, oh, I was actually protecting him. You know, I didn't think of it as abuse because a part of it, I felt like I gave him permission. But it's like, you know, if you think about a 13-year-old, you know, and you're alone with someone in the dark and they lure you into a place that, you know, you're going to follow in obedience in a way because they're older than you. I've had therapy for a numerous amount of years and my therapist said to me this year, that was abuse. And I was like, when I thought about it, I was like, okay. Imagine I'm 25 and I'm learning a 13 year old. She put me in his pos- position, and I was like, whoa, no way. Mm. And immediately, that's when I was like, oh my gosh, wow. Mm. So that's when you know I, I realized this year that that was abuse. So, you know, when you're thinking about the the root of your sin, you know, where did it stem from? And that's mm. what I was trying to, you know, uncover. So um, <clears throat> from that day. I said a vow to myself to never treat women like that in any form of like disrespectful way. Like, you know, I didn't want to, you know, I I was like, I'm going to treat women with the utmost respect. um, And I want to love them how they deserve to be loved. I don't know why I thought like that, I would just came out of that place and I was like, that's it, I'm taking control, so mm-hmm. automatically, without even realising, there was a seed that we're planting right there and then, I wanted to be the dominant one, I wanted to take control, I wanted to be the authoritative, you know, figure in relationships with women, and, you know, that's what kind of, like, opened the door doors to wanting to be with women, so then, um, I didn't entertain anything in Jamaica uh, with any women, but it, um, it wasn't until like I came over here, yeah and um, you know I just started to have that eye you know that lustful eye um, and even though I was having like um, just stupid little meaningless relationships with guys here and there, um, I again even with guys, I was like always going for the weekend. Um... We oh,
0: so that you were able to have the control yeah
1: yeah yeah so that I was able to have control and it was like I wouldn't respect them in, in any way and then I you know obviously you know kind of went on to live you know the LGBT lifestyle so when I left school I went to college actually and you know I, I started to kind of like indulge in like dating sites you know I would go onto these dark corners of the web um mm. Uh, and that's where I would like meet other black LGBT queer individuals, and I was like, "Whoa! I did not realize there was so much. Wow, what's going on here?" You know. Um, so you know, that's when I started to have the freedom to almost be myself, per se. So wait, um,
0: were you only yourself online, or did you ever come out prior to this point?
1: Um, so yeah, there was half of me that was myself online, and mm-hmm. there, the the other half, um, I was catfishing. Okay. So um, I began catfishing straight women because I had a problem speaking to lesbians. I was like, I didn't see myself as a lesbian. Okay. I was like, no, 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 I'm not a lesbian. I don't I don't even like that word. What is that? And then mm-hmm. all these different terminologies came up, such as stud, fem, stem, Tomwell I was like, draw the line. <laughs> this <laughs> is it. And then I was like, um, yeah, I started to pray more. I say pray. What's praying? Pray more on um, uh, straight girls. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I would, I created this persona called Trey. Trey would basically, you know, I had a fake picture and all of that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I'd go into these chat rooms. Back then, there wasn't really any profile pictures. Mm-hmm. So it was just you go into a chat room and you just chat to whoever. Same thing with Everson, like obviously there was a little picture, Blackberry, those kind of times. I knew I would use this guy's photo to kind of like again draw a lot of women in and you know I it's almost like I started to add to that ego you know at a young age I started to break my voice as well so I purposely speak deeply you know so I'd be on the phone to these girls like you know talking back and forth like I was just living this whole other lifestyle I ended up finding a girlfriend from that catfishing and um you know that's when I decided to just stop catfishing altogether, and I think I probably was about 18 at the time. um I was like, I just I can't lie anymore. Like, you know, I just need to be honest with you. I was falling in love with her, so yeah, fell in love with her, and I said, look, listen, I'm not who you think I am. And then I probably, you know, revealed myself to her. With that, I thought she would have left me. She actually didn't, um, and we, you know, we we were together for some time. That's when I started to, again, the door started to open a little bit more. I started to find more black people that were queer, you know, out and about instead of online now, because I completely had, like, finished that lifestyle, that catfishing lifestyle. So I was like, no, let's just put that to the side. It's not good. It doesn't feel good. Mm. Um, So, yeah, and then, you know, I started to become the host of, like, all these, like, these parties I'd have, a lot of house parties, I started putting on uh, club nights, you know, I was very flashy, you know, I was driving at a young age, illegally, you know, I was very much, look at me, look at me, look at me, very narcissistic, Mm. you know, um, to the point where I made a name for myself in the community, meaning that I um, I started to become somewhat of an influencer at at those times. I was just about going into uni, and I met I met somebody. I met someone who was transgender, but I didn't really recognise it as transgender at the time. Yeah. And instantly, me and that person connected, um, and we became friends, and I was like, yo, where do you get your hormones from? I'm not going to tell you that because I get it off the market. Like, um, I'm, you know what I mean? I don't want to be responsible for anything that could go wrong. Yeah. Bless him. I really appreciate that he said that. Um, so. I was, again, I was watching him quite a lot, you know, imitating him. I used to kind of like um, even strap down my, my chest as well because I had breasts at the time. So mm-hmm. I'd wrap that in like a scarf and I'd wear bucket, hat, bucket hats all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I would um, probably draw on a beard sometimes as well. That's when I started to really develop into so someone who's transgender. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I was like, I recognise myself in this identity here. This is who I feel like I am. And I always have felt like that, you know, for the fact that I despise the word lesbian. Yeah revealed to me that yo i was to be i must have been born, born in the wrong body this is a band- madness what had happened was i started to research on youtube i came across quite a lot of transgender individuals from america though not not in the uk um who were transgender and i'd watch their journeys because they would document their journeys um you know from the day they start taking testosterone you know to one year later two years later you see all the changes and i'm just in awe of everything that's happening it's like you know they're restarting puberty um and i was like this is it this is this is me but then i kind of like i left it for a while because i recognized that the people that i was around was also very judgmental so i didn't feel comfortable to come out as transgender um you know so i continued living like a lesbian lifestyle anyway um, again, I dressed even more masculine, carried myself even more. You know, I started to develop kind of like a misogynistic um, persona about me as well, you know. So instead of treating women with respect, I started to disrespect women now. So oh. I stepped in the role of someone who um, was struggling with a masculine identity, you know, and wanted to own, like, um, that authority role so much to the point where now I'm disrespecting women, you know, um, I'm treating them bad. I'm cheating on them. I'm doing all these different types of things, hurting people along the way. And I'm like, I'm not realising that that this narcissistic personality that started to develop from a, a long time ago has now taken over me.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so, um, <clears throat> yeah, like, I ended up, like, you know, uh, leaving, my, my, um, again, my third girlfriend, let's say, um, because it was pretty much a, like, mentally abusing relationship from both parts. And um, I'll pretty much say I, I, I felt like I destroyed her emotionally. This is where I started to get involved in filmmaking, because I was in uni. Um, and I wanted to basically tell the story of what it is like being, being black and gay in today's society and coming out to black parents, um, all four perspectives from a lesbian perspective, Bisexual, transgender, and gay. So, um, I I created this this series for Channel 4 at the time. Um, You know, which is why I dropped out of university early, um, one year early actually. And I just wanted to get on with that. I wanted to tell the story. I wanted to tell, um, I wanted to show people what it's like being me without Mm -hmm. realizing that I was actually painting a picture of someone who's becoming transgender also, you know. Um, So, that that movie then elevated me to another status and another level in the community and that What's kind of like just it's called through my eyes through my eyes yeah that's on youtube as well um, anyone
0: who's listening who wants to go and check that out yeah yeah
1: through my eyes through my eyes oh, wow. tv um so yeah i am um, i created that and then from there, like I said, I, I got elev- elevated it into another level. It's almost like initiation in a way. Um, it, it's not exactly that. What <laughs> that's what I was doing. I was raising myself up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then, ooh, after that, I, I I started putting on like more events, so like more like LGBT gay nights, um, LGBT night 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 nightclub, sorry, and. Um, even like live poachy events and like music events as well um i started to really build my status and that status attracted a lot of people so it attracted a lot of women it attracted a lot of professionals a lot of you know artists like you know who gravitate towards me because i had a lot of skills a lot of talent and you know i was always wanted to elevate others as well i've always wanted to give people a platform so not to kind of like determine away too much but i wanted to give you just a little bit of insight to you know what i was doing aside from you know trying to find my identity also i went through like a four-year period where i was alone i was like single and you know i needed to really think through some things um i was still sleeping around and stuff but i was like you know by myself i needed to come to some type type of like decision and i remember i can't remember what year it was but um maybe it was 2013 uh so my second ever girlfriend that um i was with who I a catfish basically she had passed away and i started to reconsider life after that like really deep life because she was like my first love my like feelings <laughs> I call them feelings now because it's like the feelings for me, right but yeah she was my first love and um I was reconsidering life. I was like, what's going on? Like, you know, what, why did that happen? Like, I don't understand. But before she passed away, she actually got baptised. And I was like, I was judging her. Like, I was judging her. I was like, why did she, why did she get baptised? She kind of pulled herself away from us. Like, who does she think she is? You know, I was like really going in and I was like, <laughs> Man, when you're judging someone for the lifestyle that they chose and the lifestyle that they walk, aw- they walk- they walked away from like you know, you know that's crazy well yeah like I said I started to reconsider life there I think it was in around 2013 that I got baptized myself so my sister I just like you know rang um, rang me up and told me to come to London one day you know um and uh, yeah I just I went along and uh yeah i got baptized just it was on a, on a whim as well it, it was a, an emotional decision
0: so you weren't a christian at this point were you no so just out of nowhere you just thought you know what then well there or was, was a going up. be baptized
1: there, there was a build-up because obviously my sister recognized a type of lifestyle okay. i was living okay. so you know she'd always call me so there was that kind of thing so i just went down i felt like at the time i didn't get baptized for myself i got baptized for her okay so basically don't disrespect to shut her up but because i have so much respect for my siblings yeah i'll do anything for them okay so i i got baptized without the truth without knowledge you know yeah i couldn't hold on to anything nothing was tangible i just knew about god but i didn't know enough to be like all right cool so i'm gonna walk this walk but anyway i did walk the walk for you know a few months Mm -hmm. and then 2014 I went into this really depressive state of mind. I was like, you know, I was I had a girlfriend at the time when I was like started to hold little Bible study um classes and stuff like that with other gay people. So I, I was like, you know, it must be okay to be gay, convincing myself <laughs> it must be okay to be gay and like still love God, because there's so many people around me that love God and that are like, gay as well. Da, da, da. You know, the girlfriend at the time, she was there for me. She, I was like I feel conflicted, I feel like I should break away from you. You know, it was just going back and forth. And then yeah, that's when I went on that three month like downward spiral. I was like, this is something not right. Something doesn't feel right. Yes. And for three months I put myself in isolation. And you know, I literally I thought and I thought and I thought and I thought or mine just went on a I went on a race man and that's when i came to the decision to actually start medically transitioning so 2014 was when i was like that's it this is it i'm not a lesbian never was i'm a man um i'm gonna medically transition how do i start this process and I, i just did it immediately i changed my name on everything like that i came out to my girlfriend at the time she decided to leave me she was like this is not who I got me if I don't know what's going on, but I don't want to be a part of it. Um, so yeah, I, I recognized that, you know what, this is gonna be a journey that's going to where I'm gonna lose them. I came out to one of my sisters and you know, she was just making sure that this is the right decision that I'm making, you know, and I was like, yeah, 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 this is the right decision for me. Like, you know, she's like, I'm hoping so, because you know what mum is gonna say, you know what everyone else is gonna say. So she was supporting me at the time. And then I came out to one of my nieces, and my niece was just like, she was Christian as well so she was just like i do she couldn't support that and that broke me at that mm-hmm. point that broke me because i was like wow like me and my niece was like this
0: yeah
1: um and i was like oh my god like this is actually real then i'm gonna lose people for this i'm gonna lose people so um i decided instead of forming so many people we live in the age of technology i decided to do a youtube video and that's when i started my youtube channel mm-hmm. Um, coming out to everyone, because again, like I said, I already had accumulated a lot of, like, following, in a way. Yeah. And I want to say, like, social media following, I meant, like, following in general. Yeah. Um, so I was like, let me just come out to everyone, so it just saves me going backwards and forwards. And I did it, and that video just went everywhere. <laughs> it went everywhere. And I was like, wow, what, what i a relieved, there was this relief that I felt.
0: Finally, um, it's out, and everyone can just see who I am.
1: Who I am. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's exactly what I thought. Um, So, yeah, I I started my medical journey um, shortly after that. Um, And I I saw myself transform in a matter of six months, actually, not even a year. My voice dropped, beard started growing. you know, everything else started growing. I started to, you know, fat started to redistribute from my, my, my chin and my, um, my jawline to the rest of my body. You know, everything just started to masculinize. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is it. And the one thing that I wanted to get rid of that I hated so much was my um, hips. Um, mm-hmm. I had quite wide hips when I was younger. Um, you know, like I, I was very curvy and I didn't like it because mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I felt like I was attracting a lot of male attention, which I didn't like, so I a lot of baggy clothes. Yeah. Um, so I was like, "Yep, yeah, that's gone. Amen. Let's keep going. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, and I was document- documenting my journey over time as well on, um, on YouTube so everyone else could see it. So again, that's where I started to accumulate more followers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the BBC started contacting me out of nowhere, you know, asking me to come on radio shows, talk about my experience and blah blah. and again, transgender dead wasn't popular in the UK. BBC contacted me again and they asked me if I wanted to do a documentary coming out to my brother in Jamaica, and that's where my whole life changed. my whole life completely changed like me and my best friend he came out to his dad properly in Jamaica we went on this trip they paid for the trip to Jamaica you know we spent I can't remember if it was a week or two weeks over there the film guy filming everything I went and came out to my brother my brother was a little bit confused (laughs) you know I think everyone was expecting my brother to be this big bad Jamaican guy (laughs) when he really wasn't but you know Um, yeah but like in that documentary acquired Oh, I think over a million views. What's um, it called? And that's, so um Transgender Back to Jamaica.
0: I think I've watched that, you know.
1: No way. <laughs>
0: I swear, I think I have watched it.
1: Wow. I, I was gonna send it you the other day. Wow, well,
0: you were fair. known. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um yeah and when that went viral. Yeah. I had a panic attack. I knew it was going to. Yeah. But you know when it's like all right, let's just wait until it comes out because they plastered it everywhere. Two black people going back to Jamaica coming out as transgender. Yeah, that
0: that's was just like big story,
1: big story. Yeah. and you know, they monopolized on that. So from there, I was having an interview with one extra, stepped it up another level. Mm. You know, Price started getting in touch with me, Barclays Bank, Amazon, all these wow. different big names, just yeah. really just like, all right, cool, we're trying to amplify black voices especially black transgender voices as well mm-hmm. you know gay type magazines, like you know there was just a whole shebang of like um you know uh, things that kind of like um, had a knock on effect from that um, mm-hmm. and I gained a little bit of fame basically you know I'd, I'd, I'd be walking in London or walking in Birmingham like um and people would be stopping me all the time oh my gosh you're that guy from youtube oh my gosh you did that documentary oh my gosh like wow you've given me so much confidence so i influenced so many people in the wrong way <laughs> i put it and simple to you i influenced so many individuals in the wrong way like i can't even tell you how many messages and inboxes and like calls and like all so much people were literally just Message me. How did you? How did you? How did you do? I can't believe it. Wow! 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 You're gorgeous. Wow! Did I... My head didn't blow up. What, what, mm. what happened was I, mean, I, um, I retracted. I got anxiety. I didn't like it in the beginning. I, I literally didn't leave my house for six weeks. I didn't go to work. I was like. I don't know. I can't do this. I don't want to see what people have to say about me online. Um, like you know, there's probably a lot of hate messages or homophobic comments. And duh, duh, duh. you know what I mean. I was like, I don't think I'm ready for this. I don't know. But whereas my friend at the time, he was basking in it. It was my mum phoned me. She had a panic attack when it came out, and she was like, them you're dead. Let me say my daughter's dead. them say you're dead." Translation: back, Basically, I yeah, yeah. died, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, and I'm like, mum, what you mean about? Don't me from America, i see you're dead. Mum, I'm alive, I'm good. But what I recognised she meant was, I've died to Stephanie, basically.
0: Yeah, you're not her anymore.
1: I'm not her anymore. So, my yeah. mom was Frantic. She was just emotional. She didn't cry, but I could hear the emotion in her voice. You know, she was aware of the whole process. I told her. My friends started to address me as Stefan, you mm-hmm. know, and they purposely do it around her so she could catch on, yeah. you know. And I'd be like, "Mom, it's he now. I've changed all my documents. You can't call me. Stephanie, I don't like that name. Da-da-da-da.
0: Yeah.
1: She'd just look at me every, <laughs> every time she'd come and see me. She'd, like, shocked because there's so yeah. much changes going on, you know. She'd make... Small comments on like my looks, and all the time, she's like, What are you doing to yourself? You know, what I mean, like, so frightened, you know. And at that time, I was like, It ain't about you, it's about me again, yeah. me culture, <laughs> narcissism, you know. Yeah.
0: Um, so, so has that af- was, affect your um relationship with her in any kind of way?
1: In my mind, I don't feel like it affected my relationship with her. Like, she was obviously more skeptical, and it was annoying because I wanted to be addressed a certain way, and she wasn't having it. I felt like, if anything, we kind of like drew a bit closer to each other. Um, As much as I I didn't really spend much time around her because I felt like she would misgender me and I didn't want to be recognised as she or her at that point. Um, Yeah, I think that was the only time where we kind of like drew away. But then I felt like we we drifted apart a little bit. Um, But we came back together, you know, we, we reunited, I guess you know because my dad passed away as well and like you know obviously the family had to kind of get a bit closer yeah. um you know for my mom's sake so I did start transitioning when my dad passed um, before my dad passed away I transitioned afterwards I stopped doing YouTube videos you know I've just put a pause on everything because I was like now nah, I just want to live as a normal person um you know and you know I really, really try to masculinize my body and I wouldn't go for anyone in the LGBT community. I would always purposely go for people who are heterosexual, mm-hmm. you know, because <clears throat> like I can say, it's almost like I want. I, I looked up to living this um, traditional kind of like heterosexual lifestyle, heteronormative life. Yeah. I wanted to fit in, let's say, the least, you know. Um, so, yeah, then I met someone, you know, who um, he was, heterosexual, like, through and through, like, yeah. she'd never been there with anyone from the LGBT community, and we started our relationship, um, and, you know, that was a relationship where I was like, yeah, I'm find this girl, you know, I manifested her, started to get involved with, like, new age spirituality, you know, tarot card readings, astral projection, um, you so know, you, went the,
0: you went the I, other way, completely. the
1: other way, I went the other way. <laughs> wow. I was like, I want to find... I want to be a man of God. That's what I was saying. Um, you know, and I met my, my my recent best friend as well um, on that journey where we started. That's where we actually started to develop Catalyst Studios, which was our production comp- film production company. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, he, I saw that he was very spiritual. Let's say spiritualism, spirituality, spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I want, I want to be spiritual as well. He's like, Well, I, I, you know, I can't teach you, but like, I guess I can just be. And I was like, okay, could just be. <laughs> and from him just being, I a vegan. <laughs> you know, I, I delved into it, like, you know, hardcore crystals and all sorts, like, you know, you know what I mean, like, um, just really channeling manifestation of attraction, like, yeah, I, I went in, really. Um, and that, for me, was a whole nother level because we experienced so much things, like, in the dark realm like both of us between both of us we experienced some demonic forces and i even remember him experiencing not for my it's not my story to tell but yeah, yeah you know i just remember him going through a patch where he was experiencing a lot of demonic forces and attacks and i was like this is strange but i didn't think too much of it but it was very strange um and i think because we already opened that door you know through new age spirit new age spirituality when you practice like meditation and chakra balancing and that kind of thing you open up certain portals wow um so i remember there was one time where i um consumed mushrooms um from a friend and that was in a form of cacao which is um raw chocolate tea
0: yeah
1: um and I was in this meditative state. I, you know, I was homeless. She took me in. She lived in a penthouse at the time as well. Um, actually, me and my best friend were homeless. We were like literally sleeping in McDonald's. <laughs> so I was, we literally lost everything. And this was only last year. And um, so she took us in for a while. And she was very, again, I felt like she was. She, there was a level of ascension that she had reached um, over to, over, um, over us in this new age spirituality realm. Um, She researched heavily into it. she knew everything about it, kundalini spirits and energies and yeah, that kind of thing. So I used to kind of like go to her for my tarot card readings anyway Um, and she'd have all these different types of things such as like cat claws that you would sniff up your nose that would clean your ears and clean your nose and clean whatever junk is in within you and stuff which I believe is good but if it's used in the wrong way (laughs) <laughs> you know the, you can open doors to a lot of demonic forces right you know saging and all of that like like i said saging is if you're using it to clear and um, clear negative energy then that's when you're opening the door to, um, to demonic forces as well like you just got to be vigilant and mindful of what your, your your intention behind these things because the mind is a powerful place
0: wow
1: so um yeah I was, like i said i was living with her and like we used to do loads so i you know, one morning I just, um, she gave me this, she came back from Bali, which is a very spiritual place as well, you know. <laughs> um, and she gave me some cacao, mushroom, drank it. And I literally just laid on the sofa and it's like I, I was taken up to this place um, that was pretty dark, it seemed like a nightclub. But there was so much colors, there was so much light, there was everyone feeling liberated, the whole LGBT community was there really. Um, you know, just celebrating and being liberated, and then when I came down, back down into my body, like I stood up and I saw that everything was larger than it looked. So my hands were huge. So it's like I was basically projecting. It was like um, something was projecting, and I was just bigger than I normally am. And then I started to see like elephant traces, so traces of an LED LED lights of ele- um, elephants coming out of the war and the trees and the plants that were surrounding me started dancing in harmony and I, it was so crazy like I've never had that experience before but I felt like I was invincible basically that was the feeling that it gave me I was invincible um you know I was it was like I was a newborn person but I was it was it wasn't you know human form it was like I was outside of my body. I was having an out-of-body experience and I was very much awake, um, you know, and then I started to see, because she had crystals all around her house as well, I started to see, like, electric lights, like, shooting through the crystal. Man, when I say that, there is a realm out there <laughs> that is deceptive. There's a realm out there that is deceptive. I was I was shocked. But again, because I was on cloud nine, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I'll do it again. Da, 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 da. Let's have some more spiritual experiences to get indulged keep indulging and that's what I was doing. Bearing in mind my identity never really had much to do with it at this point because again I was so engrossed in other forms of sin. Um so afterwards um we she you know she acquired a, a lot of money and um, you know we were able to, she invested in us and then we you know started to build up our film production studio from there in deep breath of Um and then from there You know, again, it was just, we was concentrating a lot on being able to um, acquire, not even acquire, like, you know, just make films, build our career from this production company, build our team, uh, you know, meet people, put on, you know, networking events and all these different types of things. And that's what we was doing. So my identity didn't really surface at that point. So it was not until, I believe it was... September 2019 last year um where we couldn't afford to pay for the studio anymore so we were basically getting kicked out and I had I had felt like a big failure um you know and then I started to realize that I can't even integrate in certain conversations with biological men because I don't really have everything that they have and um, that was my thought process at the time. So I felt I, feel, I felt very left out. I felt very alone. You know, I felt very distant. Um, and even now to when I was having conversations with my girlfriend at the time, you know, she should talk about wanting kids. You know, even talk, you, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, I just remember small parts. Um, you know, she'd talk about, you know, again, sexual things that I couldn't do. Mm. And, you know, again, I'd beat myself up because of that. Um, and I'd blame her. I'd do all sorts, you know, and it, it came to a point where, you know, we were getting tired of each other. Um, and I was like, you know, we can't go back and forth in this relationship anymore. This has been two years too long, basically. Um, and, like, me and my best friend at the time, we were, like, you know, really bitter towards one another. And, you know, we were clashing and, like, just fighting all the time, like, physically. Um, and it was just strange at that point. It was a very strange time or period of, yeah, period in my life. Um, So, yeah, like I felt so, uh, that's when I started to feel suicidal. So September 2019, like, you know, I I was sleeping in the office, you know, because, you know, even the place that I was living, um, which was a shared apartment at the time, um, you know, one of the guys was a convict. And he, you know, he, he was ready to beat me up all the time. <laughs> wow. Just for stupid reasons, you know, Come on, knocking on my room door, ready to fight me. You know, I mean, I'm not troubling this guy, I'm not there. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it was just a dark place. So yeah, I slept at the office one point, one night. I didn't really sleep, I was just wide awake. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to message, I messaged two people, and that was my girlfriend at the time and my best friend. And I was like, I'm going, as in like, I'm gone. When I say, God, I mean, I'm I'm going to take my life. So I walked my way to the reservoir and something stopped me. I stopped at the bus stop and I was just crying and weeping. I was weak. I just, I just, I broke right down and I couldn't even like fathom where I was. So I continued walking from that bus stop anyway. And my friend's house was, you know, approaching. Again, I was heading towards the reservoir. Something told me to go to her house. It was like 2 a.m. in the night. Went to her house, knocked on the door. I've not been there in years. Mm
0: -hmm. And she's
1: like, she just saw what was going on. And she basically put me in her son's room. And I stayed there, curled up in the Mm wall. Next minute, I knew police was knocking at the door. You know, uh, my best friend was there. Took me to the hospital, you know. And like, everything was just like super dark from there onwards. You know, I just didn't know who I was anymore. Again, like, you know, I was like, why do you, I will never be able to be a a man, a biological man. This is painful for me. And I'm always covering up these feelings with other things when I know that this is the root of what I'm fighting, you know? Um, I'll never be able to get to what I, where I wanted to be. So why why am I here? You know, that's why I was like, I'm going to take my life. It's pointless. It's, I, there's no purpose. I don't have a purpose. Um, so... Anyway, I was on the mend back from there. My sister was distraught, you know, they found my sister. And uh, my sister was like, you coming to move in with me. I didn't know you was homeless. Like, why do you say anything? Da, da, da. Anyway, I moved in with her for a month. I went back down to Wolverhampton. And I started to kind of, like, recoup, you know. Um, and like, it was helpful because I was away from pressure. I was away from expectations. I was away from, yeah, everything that really started to weigh me down. I started working at Pure Gym. Um, as okay. a personal trainer at that point. You know, I was getting money. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. I can build myself back up, save a little bit of money and find a house back in Birmingham. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that was a motive. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so, when I started working at Pure Gym, I met I met someone, I met this guy. Um, and, you know, I didn't know much about him, but he was really cool, like a really cool guy. Um, we'd always talk. And then January comes now, and, you know, he starts dropping those seeds. You know, he's like, um, he starts telling me about this 10-point charter. He's like, go and research 10-point charter. In my I'm like, what's 10-point charter now? He's like, you need to know that esoteric thing, isn't it? but he was non-judgmental. He was like, just tell me a little bit more. Like, you know, like, what does that mean for you? Like, I had no idea what he was doing when he was planting seeds. And I went and researched this 10-point charter by Alice Bailey, and my mind blew. I was like, hold on. But the 10-point charter is basically a plan. um, It was written by this lady called Alice Bailey, who was a Satanist from Manchester. Oh, my God. It was a plan yep i know yeah. i know it's a lot <laughs> it was a plan to basically change the world but change the world for people to start accepting homosexuality in schools now you know for um other people who don't agree with to start agreeing with it you know it, it's, it's a whole systematic plan that been, is being played out right right now. now absolutely she wrote this years ago check it out years ago and i had to really research it. You know, i was like no 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 when i saw it i saw my whole identity i saw everything that i was about that i thought was good yeah written in that 10 point charter so everything. so
0: she isn't even of god right satanist okay
1: she's a satanist um yeah she wrote this some years back now and I'm ready and I'm ready again and I'm ready again and I'm ready. I was like, no, 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 this is not right. This is not right. That's when my mind blew. Like, it's almost like my whole identity got shattered. <laughs> it was a sad. I'm like, whoa, wait there. And then I'm going into work now. And I'm trying to avoid this guy. But because he's so nice, He can help but talk to him. Anyway, he's, um, I talked to him about his 10 point chart. He's like, yeah, man, like, you know, and then he sends me this guy called Stephen Bancar. And he was like, just have a listen to this. And Stephen Bancar was basically uh, one of the contributors to spirit science. I'm not sure if you've heard of spirit science.
0: Explain that, please.
1: So spirit science is this animation um, channel on YouTube that basically talks about, you know, um, how the earth was made. And like well, they mix, there's a lot of esoteric kind of spirituality behind it. And okay. I was like, this, this is me. Like as in like this, this makes sense as in like because I wanted to find out more about how this earth was formed and you know what I mean like people go on that journey of seeking truth, some kind of truth. And I used to watch spirit science kind of, kind of a lot when I was again in, involved in New Age spirituality. And his story, just you know, just a um, long story short, he was making millions of like dollars, basically contributing to this um, this w- website. Um, I think it was a writer or something like that and um, he turned his whole life around he gave everything that he's had all of his money all of his goods all of his values and he's like I saw the truth in Jesus and he shattered the internet he broke the internet because he was again one of the contributors were making he was making millions of money he was like I turned my life around the spirit science I heavily believed in it like I did he was saying i heavily believed in it I, and i thought that oh, this was the truth until i had an encounter with jesus and i was like again everything went darker <laughs> everything went darker for me and this is january you know <laughs> this is january so um after speaking with that guy you know he just started to kind of like tell me a little bit about his testimony you know um he was like he just started breaking down at work one day crying i was like why is this guy crying <laughs> crying to me though as he's talking i'm like okay all right well now i'm intrigued i want to know more so like, you know if you want to and everyone to meet up with me for coffee like you know we can study the bible wherever i can help you i can help you i'm on this journey myself it's like you know, um, read Romans though. Romans is a good book, you know, trust me, it can read to me. Da, 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 da. It's speaking another language to me, but I was like, Romans, okay. So I downloaded the Bible app and I read into Romans and I read the Gospels, and I swear, Patassia, I was like, caught left, right, and center. That's the fact... how it should be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was caught, I was getting chopped right, what, man? And then the maddest thing is, I didn't want to start reading. Normally you're like, all right, this is too much, close the book. Yeah. You know, because I've read the Bible before where I'm like... Uh, it's yeah, boring, it's, it's too me.
0: much, yeah, I can't be asked. Yeah, yeah, I get you.
1: So then I was like, nah, but this is juicy at the same time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is Jesus talking to me? Like, these parables. And I used to believe that, yes, this Bible was written 2,000 years ago. It's not relevant. I used to just say what other people said, you know? And I started reading it for myself and I was like, no, 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 no. This is too real. This is too real. So this is where it began. Um, I, was, I was feeling super down. I wasn't making any money at all from work. Like everything that I accumulated had just disappeared. Um, I walked out of work one night and I was on the phone with my best friend. And I was like, I was about to say to him, Bam, I'm broke. I don't like this life, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, boom this woman gets knocked over by a Mm -hmm. car. Literally head not splattered on the floor, but like, boom, concrete floor, it's raining. I come off the phone, I ran over to her. I started crossing the guy, the driver. I seen this woman just lying there, basically almost lifeless, Mm -hmm. in a pool of blood. I've never seen an accident like that in my life, let alone an accident with stuff. And, you know, this guy come out of the car, frantic as well, he was just like, Oh, I don't want to do, I don't want to, do, you know, and then I, it's like, I've got a bird's eye picture of that event, that situation right there. And I looked at this woman, I was like, okay, there's a woman lying like, almost lifeless on the floor right now. Yeah, And I'm trying to save her life. And there's a man who's also just knocked this woman over who could be facing life in prison. And I was like, either way, they're both seeing death right now. And I'm the only one who's alive in this situation. What are the odds? I could have been that uh, that woman on the floor. or I could have been that driver. But instead, it's almost like God showed me what I could have and what I have right now. Mm. So the fact I was complaining that I didn't have anything, it showed me that you have everything.
0: 100%.
1: So that same night was the same night that Colby Bryant died with his Mm. daughter. I went home and I got on my knees and I prayed for the first time. And what I prayed for was like, you know, that woman to make it through because she was in critical condition. You know, um, I prayed for Kobe Bryant's family. I prayed for nearly everything. What I prayed for the most was for me to start seeking the truth. I needed to know the truth. And the truth was was me, you know, can I be transgender? And can I be Christian at the same time? I needed to hear that truth. And, you know, um, when I was speaking to this guy at work, it's like, you got to put it all on the altar. I was like, yeah, I have. You know, I'm going to be celibate. And he would just look to me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, that's easy enough for me to give up. I can be celibate. Yeah, yeah, let's do this. Let alone, like, you know, I didn't, I didn't realise I had to give up my whole life. Everything that I valued, so from there onwards, that's when I started to see God properly. And God would put things and, yeah, things in my in, in my place, like, you know, just, uh, and, and, like, you know, certain things that I need to research, you, you know, Bible verses and, like, people. And then you put disciples in my path. And this is the first time I met disciples, like, true disciples. And I was like, okay, i skipped one part. So basically, there was one day I, I didn't have any money to get back home from work. So I had to walk it. It was like an hour and a half journey walk. And I prayed to God and I was like, God, look, listen, I have no money to get to work tomorrow, but I need to get to work. That night I went to bed. I woke up and my sister messaged me. She like, I dropped £50 in your account. I never said to anyone that I needed money apart from God. And it was a blessing from God that my sister put £50 in my account. I never asked her for anything. She's like, God put this on my heart. And I was like, wow, wow whoa this is too real now this is too real god you just showed yourself right there Mm. anyway i was like since that since this 50 pounds here god what do you want me to do with this 50 pounds and something just told me to ask that you know what do i do with this 50 pounds i went to work that day and i met this guy who was preaching from um canada or america one of them and he was like you know um have you got any injuries and I was like um, well yeah like you know I had a ligament that I pulled in my ankle a few years back that I had never healed he's like I'm going to heal that for you today can I pray for you and I was like well, okay cool whatever prayed um, honestly that didn't work but anyway he invited me to um, the church that he was preaching at that Sunday I was like yeah yeah I'll come I took the, not- and the dress down and I went home and um, on the, the Saturday I must have come across a WhatsApp story of someone else who posted another service, and I was like, "Oh, I'm torn. I like this poster." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I'm torn." I was like, "God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you which one should I go to." I woke up that Sunday morning, and I could not find the address for the one that I met at the gym. I yeah. couldn't find the address, but mm. I had the address for the other one that I saw on WhatsApp. It wasn't meant to be. Church it wasn't meant to be. See, so went it's, to not that church. Everyone, it's
0: not everyone who says I'm a pastor, it's actually from God. Exactly. Let's be honest here,
1: exactly. So, I yeah, I went to that church and I was blown. I was like, Why, why is everyone so happy? <laughs> 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 I was like, Wow, what is this joy? Like, why is everyone so friendly? This is just weird. I felt like there was more fellowshipping than there was preaching, but I've got the best of both worlds. So, yeah, from then onwards, I started studying the Bible. I started studying the Bible with them, and I started studying the Bible as Stefan. So obviously, you know, um, guys studying the Bible with guys, girls studying the Bible with girls.
0: Mm. I studied the
1: Bible with guys, and you know, the leader he was taking me from through some scriptures, I'd even go to his Bible studies. And um, you know, I'd be like, "Jesus is black, but he has to be here." I'd go in there hard-hearted, and he just open the Bible. And it's like, God was speaking to me. So it's like, I'm arguing with God. <laughs> and God's like, the part of it doesn't turn, turn around to the pastor and ask why have I been made. It's a masterpiece. And I'm like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, you're going back to the beginning and saying, everything that I've created was good.
0: Yeah.
1: It's good. You know? And these, these, these scriptures were like, hitting me hard, hard, to the point where I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm conflicted and i'm going to this church and i'm like i'm stuck i'm feeling these feelings of attraction to even the women that were in the church and i'm like yes i can find my wife there's someone who's subtle you know someone who just in the wrong mindset yeah, you know yeah. and then you know it came time for um you know um my, my, my leader um the leader sorry, was like you know let's get you baptized what's stopping you i was like he's <laughs> like let's get you, you know what i mean let's get you baptized what's stopping you I was like, oh, okay, then cool, 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 whatever, let's do this. Um, so the following day, I was like, mm uh-huh. So I met up with him, and I was like, i got something to tell you. I told him, and he was shocked. He was like, whoa, I have never met anybody who's transgender. Like.
0: So wait a second, like, yeah. they weren't aware?
1: They were not aware. Okay. And the reason why they, I didn't want them to be aware at that point is because I wanted to study the Bible. I didn't want to be Bible-bashed. Yeah, which is what I've been most of my life. No one ever taught, everyone's always said, Well, your lifestyle is wrong. They've never shown me how to live as a true disciple. Mm. You know, they've never taught me the Bible. And this is where I feel like a lot of Christians go wrong. You know, you you can't just be an example to someone else. You have to teach. You know, we're, we're called to go and make disciples, as it says in Matthew 28 16 to 20, all nations, you know you know go and teach them my word so like yeah um I told him and um, yeah we had to hold off we ho- we held off and then you know everything got changed it's like we are gonna have to start studying with the women and that's when I started that's when that's when the challenge began the challenge began right there and I was like I can't study with the women because number one in my mind I was saying I'm attracted to some of them mm-hmm. um number number two I was like nah like I'm too much of a man to be doing that. <laughs> she gave me, I was like, nah, yeah. nah. You know, so I left it for a while. After I left it, um, I, he was like, kind of giving numbers to, the, the, you know, one of, the, one of the ladies. I was like, okay, um, yeah, whatever. So, anyway, we ended up contacting each other. I can't remember if who we contacted who, but um, yeah, but she just came round to my house for a chat and she offloaded every sin in her life, and I was like, wow. You, you know, life. when you think you're seeing, like, well, then God doesn't see see as a hierarchy, exactly. all on one level, you know? Yeah. So when she was opening up to me, it made me trust her to open up to her, you know? So we shared this, like, you know, I don't know, profound kind of like moment where we were just opening up to each other, and I was just like, conflicted. And I was like, I don't know, man, I don't know if I can do this, like, I feel like a man like my feelings are true she's like yeah your feelings are true but they're not true to God But she did it in such a loving compassionate way it was too hard to like you know shut the door on God too hard because i would come so far already you know and I've accumulated so much knowledge as well but I'm like ah I don't know so I was fighting. I had one foot out in the world and another foot in the world. It's like I wanted to indulge even more. In because I'm so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. And, um, you know, um, we started studying again. But just a little studies, personalised for me. Um, and then I began to see the truth. And then, um, you know, I was like, it became too much to the point where I, was like, I can't do this no more. So I kind of, like, pushed her away for about i think it was a week or two um and then during that week or um, week or two i was still studying by myself independently um and then i don't know i must have like you know sinned one of the nights meaning i masturbated one of the nights and i was like i can't face god i can't pray to you today because i've just done that i feel disgusted um, and then the, the morning I woke up, I was like, yeah, I ain't going to pray because I, I did that last night, you know. And I was actually, I didn't realise I was actually trying to, I was, I, I was at the beginning of my journey of trying to live a pure life. Um, so then I, obviously this is during COVID periods now. Um, I was alone, I was at home and I went onto Instagram that morning. When um, I just started to scroll, I came across this video talking about five G networks, you know, conspiracy theories and stuff like that. It didn't affect me, but I was like, anyway, I don't know what this meaning this has. So I, I I was about to get ready to go into the shower, and I just something came over me. I don't know what it was, but something came over me, and I just started crying. But the tears weren't tears of sadness. It was tears of relief. It was tears of joy, and I was like. Why am I crying like this? Like, I, I feel almost like I felt redeemed. And then I was like, I'm getting baptised. I <laughs> I said it out loud, I was like, I'm getting baptised and I'm not going to turn back now. No way, no. And then I, I tried to search for something that would possibly pull me away. I was like, nah, nothing there. I'm getting baptised out of nowhere. I was crying with joy and I found the woman. I was like, I'm to get baptised. How soon can I do it? She's like, we can do it tomorrow. Let's do this. I was just like, come on, then. So I did my final study and I was like, wow. I got baptized. That was it. It was like, I felt this spiritual high for a whole, like, two weeks, I believe it was. Um, but it was a sober spiritual high. Because I've, I've had spiritual highs.
0: Yeah. But this yeah. was a
1: sober spiritual high. This was like, yes, I've been saved. Through And to no question about it, God has forgiven me you know, and I've made Jesus my Lord. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much, Steph, for your wonderful testimony. I know that this will change many people's lives around the world. You know, it's crazy because we we always think that what we're doing is the right way forward and the enemy will promise us all kinds of things. Like, even in her story, she sp- spoke about how she was able to have all these incredible opportunities with, like, B- BBC one extra Amazon, all these places were contacting her, but they were contacting her for the wrong reasons, you know. And the enemy will make you feel like, oh my God, like I have this incredible life, but is it really an incredible lifestyle? Is this really the lifestyle that you're supposed to be living? Because even though she had all this fame and and all these opportunities, she was still very much unhappy. She was still very much lost, and it's amazing how God was able to find her in this mist of confusion, in this mist of being lost and it's amazing how god found her god enabled her to find herself to find her true identity and steph you are so brave and so strong and you know what i've also learned from this whole episode it's so important for you to look at the root of your situation what is causing you to sin what has happened in your life that you need to ask god to uproot because if what happened to her in Jamaica didn't happen that may have not planted that seed that grew and grew and grew when when she came back to England so what happened in your life as a child what has happened in your generations you know in your past generations that has now planted this seed in your life that's causing you to sin that's causing you to come away from God you need to pray about that very thing because there's many things that have, that may have happened that you're not aware of. Even if you're not aware of it, ask God, like, God, what happened to me? What is causing me to sin? Why am I finding it so hard? What can I do to come out of this situation? And I promise you, he will always reveal it to you. And what you need to do is pray about that very thing. Put it into prayer. Some things as well need prayer and fasting. So don't be afraid to fast for a couple of days. Don't be afraid to cry out to God because he will always answer Just as you, just as he was able to answer Hannah. Just as he was able to answer Abraham, you know, he will answer you. Just as he was able to hear Daniel when Daniel was praying, I promise you, he will make a way for you. He will change your life. As he's able to change Steph's life in a short amount of time, he will do the same for you. It's just that you need to be open to seeking him. Again, Steph, thank you so much for sharing this incredible testimony. You know what? Even though not many people who are playing this may have gone through what you went through. We all have a similar story to tell. We all have, we've all sinned at a point in our lives. We've all experienced a time where we've been amongst people who have taught us things that we weren't supposed to know about, you know? So regardless of what you take from this episode, pray about it. And even if you know a friend or you know somebody who's doing something, something that they're not supposed to be doing or if they're inspiring people to walk in the ro- in the wrong path, correct them. you know help them out. That is your role as a Christian to edify each other to comfort each other. And that's all I have to say today. So guys, thank you so much for um, playing this episode. I really do pray that you've been blessed by it. If you guys were affected by this episode, please do not hesitate to contact me on Instagram at hisw.ord, or alternatively, you could email me at hisgodlyword at gmail.com. Now guys, also, if you do have a testimony, please do not hesitate to contact me also, Um, It's important, it's so, so important to glorify God's word, to glorify God through your testimonies, through your experiences. That's the whole purpose of why, you know, he brings us out of things sometimes because he wants us to share it. He wants us to help other people. He wants us, he wants to comfort us, you know? So don't be scared. You know, every testimony is important. Every testimony is valuable, regardless of how small or how big, big it may be. Just make sure that you're sharing it. And that's it from me. So guys, please remember, his word is God's word.